happy Wednesday, beautiful people. My whole system crashed, so I had to wait for it to reboot. That's why I'm late. <laughs> I don't control stuff. I just work with the tools I have. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Oh my God, it's been a pain in the butt. Every now and again, the whole system shuts down and does its own updating. <laughs> I'm here, people. I'm here. I'm here. Good morning. So uh, my 10 to 15 guests uh, that are coming, I'm excited to talk to them. Because, you know, October is um, um, in Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so uh, uh, they, they're going to be on. And uh, they're going to talk about the walk that they're doing. And uh, they're going to, let's see. Um, they're gonna they're gonna show up and talk about a walk, and uh, I'm excited because um, Karen Dross and uh, her co-workers are coming on to talk about this at 10:15. So uh, Harry did send me a message, so I'm looking for it. You know, so you know, you know what happens. You know what happens when when Harry's the middleman and and it's his wife organization. They talk to him. They don't talk to me. <laughs> so. So, so I gotta go and talk to him. Like, hey, can I get some, can I get some information on my guests that are coming in at ten fifteen? So at least I'll be knowledgeable. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited that they're coming on because, uh, um, you know, I, I have some experience with domestic violence training. Uh, I was cross training domestic violence and rape crisis. Plus, you know, I grew up in a very violent home, so, um, so I know something about, uh, uh. The need, the the absolute need to end uh, domestic violence, and uh, and I I believe COVID didn't do us any favors uh, with the numbers of domestic violence. People didn't have anywhere to go; they couldn't get out of their spaces, and uh, and so that that boded for a a, a very tough time. So uh, anyway, they're doing a walk to raise awareness and to raise some money. Uh, October, I think it's October twenty first. There. They're going to get into it. So uh, the uh, Family-Centered Services of Connecticut, the 13th Annual Walk to End Domestic Violence, Walk for Change. And so that's coming up October 21st. And so we'll have we'll have it up on us. We'll have it up during the talk so that you could scan the code and make a donation, you know, just go take a walk. So it's going to be at Wilbercross High School. Um, you can you can register a team. You know, get your people together and say, we're going to walk, we're going to walk for a change, walk for change. So it's going to be from 10 to 12. It's not a hard walk. 10 to 12, you could do that in your sleep. So, so they're going to come on uh, at 10, 15, the uh, Family Center Services of Connecticut. They're going to talk about their 13th annual walk to end domestic violence. So stay tuned for that at 10, 15. That's going to be a good conversation. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having that. Uh, so thank y'all. So let me, let me, there's something that's on my mind that I've been thinking about lately. This is international affairs, right? So um, I'm no conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, but I play one on the radio. And I've been paying attention to this Hamas attack on Israel. And it's very convenient. And let me tell you why it's convenient. And it's got a lot of layers to this. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but... I can't help but ask the questions and look at all the threads to this thing. Now, apparently, 
these these Hamas terrorist folks pull off this sneak attack to Israel, which is which is probably one of the most locked down, militaried up countries in the whole wide world. Because you know, people always beefing for them, people always coming for them, because you know, Jews, Jewish people. So, um, you know, people always messing with Jewish people. And, you know, they got some beef. They got some history. The Gaza, all of that, Palestine. Everybody got some beef in that, in that region that stems back from, like, 1948, right? Whole bunch of beef, World War II, the whole thing. All right, so that being in place, Hamas, or terrorists, whatever, has vowed to, like, kill all the Jews in the world forever and ever and ever. Just destroy, destroy Israel, take it off the face of the earth. So, but they haven't been able to do that. But all of a sudden, now they got they got some some real intel to do this. So it got me thinking about so when Donald Trump was at Mar-a-Lago and had all those secrets, um, I'm sorry, classified documents, and they were very specific classified documents that pertain to Israel and their security system. I don't know this to be true. I'm just I'm just paying attention to the to the bits and pieces that filtered through the news when they was talking about some of the documents, and they were downplaying these documents. Right? They were they weren't saying like oh. You know, well, it's a it's, these are classified things. There's a threat, not a threat to us. Notice how they always would say it's not a threat to us. It was a threat to another country. They never said what country. It's like, oh, it's a threat to another country. Um, you know, we had, you know, he shouldn't have had those documents. They were secret. Okay, so we all know, homeboy Donald Trump, traitor, traitor, is. Tight with Putin. Tight, 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 tight. Now, Putin got a whole plan. Now, I don't know what he got on Donald Trump. I don't even know. And do we really care at this point? Because the people that support Donald Trump, these stupid, stupid heads, they don't care. They, he, he could be killing the race. I mean, he's friends with Epstein. I mean, like, just just make all the dots. I mean, just 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 make a circle, a Venn, a Venn diagram of his friends. And that'll give you a sense of the his character but nonetheless the people that support him can't see that won't see that they they going down this road but he's friends with putin putin is friends with who iran guess what so those documents find their way into the hands of i don't know putin putin gives them to iran iran then says come here hamas let me show you how to do this let me show you how you're going to pull this off. Let me give you these little coordinates, all these little things. Let me show you where the weaknesses are in this unknown country. I could be wrong. And I hope I am because I don't like this kind of stuff because this is nastiness to me. But but guess what happens? So guess what happens in the world? So Hamas launches this, this huge attack on Israel. Killing people, killing people left and right. It's death on both sides. Don't get me wrong, because Israel going to retaliate. So guess what Putin is doing? So while the whole world, the whole world is over here on the left side of the cruise ship dealing with Israel and Palestine, guess what happens? So here in America, look what's happening. So the Republicans don't have a, a Speaker of the House. And you know you need a Speaker of the House because you got to get some money to some people. Now, they've already declared they're not giving no more money to Ukraine. Oh, we can't help those white people. 
I'm, I'm saying white people. They're not saying white people because this is just ridiculous to me. But we're not going to help those white people. So guess what happens? When you don't help those Ukrainians, it leaves a very vulnerable place for what? For Putin. Because Putin understands Americans in their short attention spans. He's going to wait us out. He's, this is what he's going to do. He's going to march on Ukraine. He's going to take it. And then he's going to march on the rest of those people over there. Poland, with your foolishness, I saw you on talking to somebody, talking about we not taking no Muslims and all this other kind of stuff. Guess what's happening? Guess what's going to happen? Putin is going to march on Ukraine and all those surrounding countries. And ain't a damn thing the world is going to be able to do about it. Why? Because we're going to spend all our money over there fighting Hamas, helping you, uh, Israel. All the money is going to go there. There's no Speaker of the House. For the first time in the history, there's no Speaker of the House. Why is, why is, riddle me this joker. Why is that? This just seems very orchestrated to me. And I don't like to think about co conspiracy theories. I don't. I don't like my brain getting twisted up with this kind of stuff. But I can't help but think this is very convenient. This is very convenient on the side of Russia. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It's a long way to go to get to take over the world. But let me tell you something. If you know anything about these KGB trained folks, they don't mind the long game. They don't mind the long game. This is why the GOP likes them so much because the GOP like the long game too. They don't care. Scorched earth, whatever. The long game is the game. And Americans don't like the long game. Why? Because we got short attention spans. Because we can't seem to wrap our brains around recent history, let alone history. So we forget. We forget. We forget 1948. We forget, oh, uh, it was Iran uh, that really should have been uh, dealt with in Iraq. And, and they're all tight with Putin. We forget those little threads, but they don't forget. They do not forget. So you mean to tell me Hamas can launch an attack of this magnitude and the Israeli army don't have no clues? Not one clue. Not a clue. Not a hint. Not Listen, I bet you were some kids on TikTok who had a clue about this, but the Israeli guard... Got the Israeli army, the military force, which is supposed to be one of the best in the world, and they have a clue that these people is gonna do this. Mm -mm. I don't know. I just feel like I I feel like this is very orchestrated and very timely. And I, you know, listen. And I know people don't like to think, oh, nobody would orchestrate this and have this loss of life. Yes, they would if you're playing the long game, because the more casualties that you have, the more sympathy that you can get. Now, you know, you had Netanyahu talking about, who, who, war, we're going to go to war. Convenient, convenient. Conven now, listen, 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 listen. I'm not condoning death and destruction of anybody. What has happened to those Jewish folks is awful. What is happening to the Palestinians behind this foolishness is awful. I'm on the side of humanity. I'm on the side of God. 
I'm not on the side of war. I am never on the side of war. I'm never going to be on the side of war. With that said, you gotta you gotta divorce emotion out of this and follow the threads of this. Follow the threads because I'm telling you, we're going to get into World War III. It's going to happen. Why? Because Putin is going to march on Ukraine because we're going to stop funding Ukraine because these Republicans already said, we're not funding Ukraine. We're done. We're not sending them nothing. No more money to cut off. So now that means the rest of the world has to either step up and fill in the gaps where we're not funding, which is going to be hard to do, going to be real hard to do because look, it, France ain't going to be doing that. But France understands the long game, too. They get it. Everybody else gets the long game except Americans. We don't get the long game. We like quick, fast, in a hurry. That's who we are. That's why fast food is so popular here. We like quick, fast, in a hurry. We don't take our time with nothing. And we're very reactionary. We're very reactionary people. Everybody wants something done, right? Oh, we got to do something. We got to do something. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Pay attention to the threads. Pay attention. I I am not, first of all, I don't believe Hamas acted alone and having the wherewithal to plan this. I know that them damn documents from Mar-a-Lago found their way to Russia. Russia made sure that them damn Iraq Iranians got this information. The Iranians funded it to their to the Hamas people, and that's how they were able to orchestrate this whole thing. I'm not believing that these Hamas people like one day just jumped up and said, we're going to be a much more organized terrorist group when for the last 50 years they've been an unorganized terrorist group lobbing stuff, hill, hilly, nilly, milly, nilly, all kinds of ways. This was very orchestrated. This was designed to do a great deal of damage. And they didn't care about the collateral damage on their end. They had one mission and one mission alone. And they accomplished it. So now Israel's got to fight back. So now what we got to do now, because we don't like the, we we are allies with Israel. We are. We, we said it. We declared it. We got to stand up in this public square and we're going to be allies. Nothing wrong with that. But we're going to divert all this money. All this money is going to go to help Israel fight back. Now, they're already strong. They're already strong. They already got the be one of the best military. But we're going we're gonna to shore them up a little bit better because Hamas. Because <laughs> terrorism. Now, we don't go to where terrorism is really <laughs> was really brewed. We don't do that. <laughs> we can go secondary, backdoor terrorists. Now, Watch what Putin does. Just pay attention. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week, <laughs> next month. Pay attention. What's the weather like? What's the time? What's the best time for, for, for Russians to act? They are, no, they are no strangers to winter. They're not. They're good in winter. They're good in winter. Americans, not so much. Everybody else, not so much. They're good in winter. Pay attention to what happens next. What happens next? Pay attention to when we get a speaker of the house, when, when there's a speaker of the house. There's a, all of this. If you string it together, if you string it together and you pay attention, you take your emotions out. Oh, this is, if you stay stuck in, this is a terrible thing that happened to Israel and Israel, Israel. If you stay stuck in that narrative, 
you going to you're not going to see the third war war coming. You're just not going to see it. You're not going to be prepared because you're so busy thinking about oh whatever. And you could do two things at once. You could do three things at once. We could think about things. And I know there's some folks who are sitting around who are doing exactly what I think they should be doing. How do we circ how do we keep our eye on Russia? How do we circumvent that? And we have to talk to our allies and say, listen, we're gonna need you to hold it down, hold Ukraine down, because Americans is feeling some kind of way about con continuing to fund this thing, you know. And and we can't, we're not gonna be able to send no more money for a minute. We could backdoor some money, we could backdoor some 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 uh weapons we'll backdoor we'll go back channels and we'll get stuff to y'all but we can't publicly get you no more money that's how this is gonna go down that's how it's gonna go down because if we let ukraine fall and and the world and these dummy gop want it they want ukraine i don't know what they think is gonna happen when they gotta deal with a putin who is putting back together the USSR, <laughs> by hook or by crook. I don't know what kind of monster you think you're going to deal with when you, because if he does this, guess what it gives permission to? It gives China permission to move on Taiwan. You think they're not going to do it? You think that they're not going to move on Taiwan if Russia moves on Ukraine because Putin has given them the playbook on how to do this because the world, because they're not really worried about the world. What they're worried about is the United States and the United States influence on the world. So if we say, don't you do it, they're not going to do it. But if our time is spent doing other nation building somewhere else and we can't send money publicly, we'll send some money privately. You know damn well they're going to back channel some money, some weapons, all the things, food, aid doctors, um, um, soldiers, you know, take your uniform off and go over there and deal with that. <laughs> don't, don't be seen in American uniform. <laughs> I don't, listen, I don't mean this unkindly to the American government. I don't, I'm not, listen, when you have to play, if y'all are not watching these espionage movies and understanding how all this back channel works, what are you even doing? You spending too much time watching The Bachelor when you should be watching all these espionage movies. And you could go all the way back for The Hunt for Red October. Go back to all the old movies that are giving you the playbook for what is happening right now. Right now. All these old movies will tell you <laughs> what they are doing. I don't care. You might not like it. I don't care. I'm no conspiracy theorist. I'm just playing one on the radio. But I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days. And it just seems too convenient for my taste that Hamas could launch such an organized, a readily organized, big-ass attack on Israel. And Israel not see it? They don't hear them coming up the back steps? They don't hear it? Nah, man. This got too many layers. It got too many layers for me. It got too many layers. And I'm like, just start peeling them back. Okay, who is Hamas tight with? Okay, Iran over here. The Iran, Iran and Iraq interchangeable. I'm sorry. No disrespect. No disrespect. But same. Putin is tight with these people. Those are his people. They they take their cues from him. They're like, all right, we are all people, but we like what you're trying to do. All right, we with that. So 
you we go we get these documents we find out all the weak points of the israeli system because remember 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 the documents that donald trump had at mar-a-lago was not security documents about this country they didn't say what country they're just like oh some unknown country some undisclosed country these documents hmm really <laughs> And, you know, honestly, you put stuff in plain sight, people don't see it. So, yeah, I mean, he could have, listen, Donald Trump could have hid those damn documents anywhere. I mean, he's stupid, but the people around him are not, well, they're stupid too, but, you know, but they got him in places, you know, they got some documents in bathrooms, you know, but the most important documents made their way somewhere else. I'm just saying. That's where I'm at. Just follow along. Follow along. You know, shut off the TV. Stop watching all these people harmed, all this other kind of stuff. Shut it off. And then just pay attention. Listen. Listen. Watch. 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 I knew something was up when they start, when the GOP started, we don't want to fund Ukraine. We don't want to send no more money to Ukraine. When white folks start saying they don't want to help other white folks, <laughs> I know something. I was like, that piqued my interest. I was like, wait a minute. This is a white-ass country. They don't want to help these people? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? No, they don't want... Then the, the GOP, the Republicans come out to what? No, no, no. No, we're not... And they never really said why they didn't want to support Ukraine. They never really, they was like, oh, it's the budget, the budget. See how much money they put toward Israel. And no shade to Israel. This is not about anti, I'm not, this is not anti-Israel talk. I, this is what I'm, the point I'm making is you have no money and then you have some money. You have no money for these people, but you got money for these people. Probably more for these people. You don't got no money for the people over here. But now all of a sudden, this thing, this terrible thing happens. And now you're going to fund all that money over there because you have money. So what's the difference? What's the difference between Israel and Ukraine if they're at war? What's the difference? What's the difference? Help me out. What's the difference? What's the difference? Well, because Russia is not considered a terrorist. Hamas is a terrorist. So we got to fight terrorism. <laughs> but you're not, but you're not gonna fight. <laughs> you're not gonna fight the Russians. <laughs> oh no, we're not gonna call them terrorism. Terrorists. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, we're not we're, they're another country. Okay. I don't know what it, I don't, listen, maybe I don't understand the definition of terrorism, <laughs> but I pretty much think Russia is pretty much a terrorist at this point and have been, but that's just me. I, I'm no diplomat, but I'm feeling like they look about the same to me. You try to, you try to march on a country that has its own independence and freedom. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something, countries in the region in the region of Ukraine. Let me tell you something. You better 
be shoring up your borders. You better be getting your militaries tight because I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to stop. He's not going to ask them Crimea people. Ask those. Listen. Listen. I'm going to tell you something right now. And I've said this. I've been saying this. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. Because in the back of his mind, he hated Gorbachev just breaking up the USSR. Hated it. Became his only mission. His sole mission. So I'm going to tell you right now. All you countries uh, that are on on that border of Ukraine. Look. Crimea already caught it. Belarus, listen, Poland, you next. Romania, Hungary, uh, Slovenia, listen, you better be paying attention. Moldova, mark my word, you're going to march on all these countries. And let me tell you something, if Ukraine go down, you don't got no chance. You don't got chance. Ukraine is your only hope. And if, and if the world does not shore up the military resources for Ukraine, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And then everybody's going to be backpedaling and trying to explain this foolishness. And the American people are not going to care. You know why? Because at our core, we're selfish people. And by we, I mean white people. Because <laughs> we not going to, black people are not going to take none of this. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, y'all don't help us in Africa not one bit. But y'all over here, hmm, I'm just saying, watch, 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 watch. I'm just paying attention. I'm just gonna watch. So, he, Putin is playing the long game, and once we have already publicly said we're not giving no money to Ukraine, he's like green light, <laughs> green light. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And you think them them Russian, them uh Iranian, Iraqi people not giving them money? All that oil they all that oil money they got. You think they're not gonna fund shore up? Cause that serves them too. Cause they like having an ally like this. You know, dictators roll with dictators. Dictators roll with dictators. And this is all about money. Money. Money fuels anything. Money buys stuff. What, what, the, what does the song say? Money, money, money controls everything around me. That's a that's Putin's song right there. So he gonna march on the rest of these countries. If Ukraine falls, Poland, you're next. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Now, now, whoever's in the whoever, whoever, whoever is in NATO has some saving grace. Because, but not really, not really. Because if any of these countries are in NATO, that means the world going to have to jump in. And what does that spell, boys and girls? World War Three, Uno, dos, tres. World War Three. Now, let me tell you which countries are in NATO. Is Poland in NATO? Is Poland in NATO? Well, in April 
They're trying to be in NATO. They're trying to be a part of NATO, but they're not in NATO yet. But, 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 but they're trying. So there's a there's a small window. But but here's the 31 NATO members of 2023. So Poland is in that number. So is Romania. So is Slovakia. So is Slovenia. So this is how it's going to become World War III. Now, there's other, you know, listen. Listen. If he marches on Ukraine, he's going to march on these other countries that are not part of NATO. And all these other countries... Yes, Poland is in NATO, but all, there are some countries who are not in NATO. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to go right up to the border. And guess what? Guess what happens though when you when you make a make a part of the region unstable? People flee. People are displaced. So all these people are going to have to flee somewhere. So they're going to flee. And I wish people was on the ground telling them, if you're going to flee. Don't flee to a country that's not in NATO. You can't flee to a country that's in NATO. <laughs> that's the only way you're going to be safe. Because once he moves on a NATO country, then everybody got to get in. Everybody got to get in. This is why Ukraine was trying trying to, to get their application pushed through so that they could be part of NATO, right? So that they'd have the world, the world could be, uh, you know, on their team. It'd be like they'd be part of the team because once you move on one NATO country, you might as well you moving on all of them. So, so that's 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 the thing. But Putin knows this, right? You think he's not sitting there in the, in the office across from the longest table I've ever seen in my life with the map saying, "Okay, all right, now uh, who's in NATO? Who's not in NATO?" And Ukraine is not in NATO, and Ukraine sits right in the middle of all of that. So. I'm just saying. So Ukraine, Ukraine sits right there in the in the middle, and uh, uh, you know they already marched on Crimea and Belarus. So now you got to deal with uh, Romania, which I believe is a NATO country, and then you got to deal with. Uh, let's see who else is around them, Bulgaria uh Poland so now you got you got to deal with all. so now all those folks if I'm those countries if I'm the leader of those countries I got to be worried I got to be losing sleep at night that you know uh we got we either got to help Ukraine or we're going to have to be ready to come back under Russian rule swear to god and it, and and it's not going to be easy and I, I don't, I think Putin is up for World War Three. I don't think he's not up for it. I think he's up for it. I think he's up for it. I think he's up for it. So, so while we spend all our time thinking about Hamas, and we should, not all our time, but we should be spending our time what's happening in Israel. We should, because they still lot, they still at war. There's a, it's a war, right? They, they still firing rockets and stuff. They still. You know, back and forth, collateral damage, tearing up stuff. They're still doing it, still doing it. I mean, you know, they're still at it. And no ceasefire, no peace talks. They still, they still at it. So that's gonna have our attention for a minute. 
it's gonna have our attention for a minute because you know as the stories come out we feel compelled to hear them and we feel compelled to act on what we're seeing and what we're hearing you know and uh israel is our ally right we we have vowed we have taken vows <laughs> to support the state of israel and listen i ain't got no beef with that you know your friends are your friends ride or die america can be america can be ride about ride or die one of the countries that they want to ride or die for you know but they've got no loyalties to ukraine but they do understand russia and they do understand what russia is doing so so i'm just listen i say what i said i say what i said pay attention putin is not stupid everybody else around stupid putin not stupid play for the long game and if you're not here for the long game you can't win against people like that you can't win with people who that's like fight terrorism it's a long game it's a long game because these folks these folks that are willing to like die and kill people collateral damage men women and children they don't care that's the long game they don't care they don't have no floor when you don't have no floor You'll do anything. You don't got no humanity. There's no humanity to these people. None. No humanity. There's no humanity there. You know, that's why, What is, you know, war is not the answer. It's just not. Believe it or not, it's not the answer. War is not the answer. But it is the evil that men do. It is the evil that men do. And so for me, when I think about when I think about this war, you know, aside from the conspiracy theory, I think about all the people and the children and the women and the families and the mothers and and just people who just you know woke up one day and and the loved ones are just gone, you know, that loved ones are just gone, you know. I I don't know I don't know what that's like. Um, we we don't live under the threat of uh, of occupation, and we don't live under the threat of war. Now we we got problems over here. Don't get me wrong, serious problems. And there are forces right now that would love nothing better than to have a war in these streets. And uh, but 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 not against foreign foreign people. <laughs> these these ninny heads want a war with with each other. <laughs> They they want they want war with other American citizens. That's how stupid. That's how stupid these people are in this country. They 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 want to fight with each other. Like like <laughs> like they don't got nothing else to do. You know they want to fight each other. Whereas the stakes are higher in 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 the, on the international front. These people want to these the the on the international front. These people want to take over the whole world. <laughs> you know, China wants the whole world. Russia wants the whole world. <laughs> America, not so much. We just want to. We just want to fight amongst our, our, each other. We want a civil war. <laughs> we not. We're not trying to fight nobody else. We're not trying to beef with Canada. We're not really trying to beef with beef with South America, really. That's not where the fight gonna be. The fight is internal. <laughs> we just want to fight each other. 
We don't want to work together to build a damn thing. We want to tear something up. These these jokers over here want to use their AKs all the time and fight it. Oh. <laughs> this is why this is why this is why it's so important who leadership is. This is so important. So just pay attention. Pay attention to should, should the GOP ever get a, a a speaker of the house? Because you can't transfer no money. You can't get no money to nobody if you don't have a speaker of the house. Right? Can't get stuff done. Can't get stuff done. <laughs> it puts a kibosh on everything. Or it makes it very hard to do anything when you don't have no leadership who can rein stuff in. You know, but I, I think that's the plan. Pay attention to what Russia does next, what they do next, and Ukraine, you know, and what happens to Ukraine. Pay attention to that. And then pay attention to Hamas and see how much longer this goes on, you know. And 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 listen, I'm one of these people I know that some of the stuff that I'm talking about, it, it will never be discussed in open in, in open air. That uh, they'll never, they will never, um, they will never uh, uh, make the threads go back to Mar-a-Lago to Donald Trump. They're not. I mean, they might. Somebody might. Some. I mean, I I know people are already doing this, right? Like people are already having these conversations. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. But but to get to the level where it is common conversation, I doubt it. I I would be surprised. Unless there's some other ulterior motive to make sure that that happens, and I don't know what's a bigger ulterior motive motive than to keep that fool from being president again, because these nutheads out here is hell bent on making sure he becomes president again. <laughs> Stock up on your vodka. <laughs> that's 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 the only advice I got for you. <laughs> Stock up on your vodka. Don't even worry about learning Russian. Just stock up on your vodka. And, and some beats so you can make borscht. That's it. And that's no shade to them. No, sh no shade. I'm not trying to insult Russian people. That's not it. That's not it. I'm just saying. Listen, they, they're out for the world. We're just trying to maintain. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM. Streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I'll be back. I'll make the transition over uh, because I've got a, uh, I've got the folks coming on. But that's that's my two cents on conspiracy. Uh, take it or leave it. I'm not asking nobody to get behind me and my foolishness. But that's just how I see it. And I'm looking at this thing, and uh, it's got me troubled and worried. And uh, I see it from a different perspective. And I think there's a few people who sort of get it the way I get it. I don't know, but uh, I don't. I don't like deep thinking like this. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I really don't. Uh, uh, but you know, I can't help it because that's my brain. So just pay attention, people. I I don't put the dots out there. It's up to you to connect them. Now, just pay attention. And uh, and uh, don't be so moved by emotion so much. Uh, it's designed. It's designed to move you uh, off 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 a point. And uh, yeah, the the world is changing very fast, and uh, we will find ourselves at war. And guess what? If we go to war, 
uh, under under not not because we helping Ukraine, but because he done Putin has marched on a NATO country, and we'll have to get involved. And we'll have to get involved. Um, that's just the that's just the oath that you take when you're in NATO. Uh, it would be uh, our sons and daughters and men and women going to their deaths for for world domination of somebody. <laughs> so I'll be right. I'll be back at ten fifteen for uh, for a wonderful conversation uh, uh, with uh, Karen Droz, uh and the you know, Family Centered Services of Connecticut for their thirteenth annual Walk to End Domestic Violence. And I hope they come with some statistics because I think that's important. So I'll be right back. This is Harry Droz and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear these love notes the ones that I wrote oh these melodies there are some memories And these love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you Something new All because of you 
the ones that we wrote these melodies here are our memories oh these love notes i found in an old coat they mean something new all because of you
second hour of love babs love talk on babs rose ivy this morning i'm delighted to have folks who are doing such good work i am delighted to welcome uh, a family family centered services of connecticut and uh Brittany and jody how are y'all unmute yourselves doing really good how are you good morning good, good morning. morning thanks for having us on where's karen droz <laughs> She is, I don't know, she's around here somewhere. She's always working hard. <laughs> I know she I know she is. I, she reached out to me to make this happen and I'm so glad. So tell me a little bit about the organization cuz y'all y'all about to have a, your 13th annual uh in domestic violence walk on October 21st from um uh Cross High School. So tell me about the organization uh, cuz I don't think I know this organization or maybe it was something else or Yep. Okay. Yeah. See, I knew Absolutely. I was on this. Uh oh. You are. You are. Yes. So my name's Jody. Um, Jody Beloga. I'm the director of community programs and also the development officer at Family CT, um, Family Centered Services of Connecticut. We call it Family CT for short. Um, many people may know us as the Four C's. We used to be called yes. the Four C's. Yes. So the Coordinating Council for Children in Crisis, yes, we changed our name yes. a while back, yep. But we've been around since 1977. Um, so long time we've been here in New Haven. Um, we have we have 12 different programs within the agency. We've grown quite a bit since it's been the four C's. Uh, so we've got 12 different programs. All of our services are free and home-based. And our mission is to work with families to make sure that they're safe and nurturing places where children can succeed. So all of our programs are, you know, that's that's the, the ultimate goal of all of our programs is to work with families and, and kids. So we do that in, through lots of different programs, lots of different ways. But um, we're excited to, to be here kind of honing in specifically chatting about our domestic violence programs. Yes, talk to me about the domestic violence programs because you know what, it, it, domestic violence, unless some high profile case happens, it sort of falls away in the media, right? Until some high profile case happens and 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 then everybody's talking about domestic violence and women's safety and all this other kind of stuff. So 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 talk a little bit about uh, uh, what y'all do around that and and how people can uh, access. 
Sure, I'll take that question. So um, I'm the director of the Neighborhood Victim Advocacy Program. My name is Brittany Kennedy. Um, so the Neighborhood Victim Advocacy Program works with all victims of crime. So we work with everything from bullying all the way to homicide and everything in between. But a, a majority of our work stems in domestic violence because um, it's such a great issue. Um, and so in 2022, we served over 800 victims of crime. Um, over 50% of those were domestic violence victims. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so we're working every single day. We work with clients individually. We can work with them in group settings. Um, we also have um, uh, children's specialties too. So uh, children who've witnessed violence um, or who teens who may be experiencing violence in their relationships. Uh, we work with them as well. So it's definitely uh, a hard job, very rewarding though. Um, and we're seeing a lot of good change happen. So when you say work with them, what does that entail? What does that look like? Like if I make the call to you and say, you know, I'm in some kind of abusive situation, what happens? Yeah. So our program is a short-term non-emergency service. So basically oh, okay. um, if you're familiar with the hotlines, the domestic violence hotline, yes. um, that would be the emergency service. So that's the initial crisis response that a client would um, seek to receive. And then afterwards, um, we found that there was this kind of space of limbo, like now what? Like I got this crisis service, what happens now? And so that's where we come in. So we um, we work with the client for um, six to eight weeks, sometimes more depending on the situation. And our goal is to build them a network of support. Um, the we know that um, violence thrives in silence and in isolation. So our goal is to um, create a network of support where clients can then begin their healing process. Um, so whatever that means to the client, whether that means finding support in their own families, finding support in um, their communities or religion or any of any of those things, um, that's our main um function. But we also, of course, we deal with the safety planning. Um, we deal a lot with the court systems and trying to get uh, resolution for, you know, court cases. Um, so we're busy. We have a lot of hands in a lot of pots. Mm. So do you all work with the police too? Yeah, I mean, is absolutely. That part of the, okay. Yeah. It's so, so also I should mention um, our clients come to us with like varying goals, right? So some clients, you know, might need um, advocacy with police. That's something that they really um, are looking for and something that they need. And so we'll jump in and do whatever we have to do to get um, to, to get the police to take on their case. Um, and we also do the same thing with the court system as well, both criminal and civil. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's got to be exhausting. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And so, 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 so you're working with kids um, who have maybe witnessed violence. So that means you work with schools or mm -hmm. classrooms, teachers. And, and so tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Because when I yes. was a kid, I grew up in a very violent home and none of yes. these kinds of services was available. You know, yeah. you, you just grow up with the violence in the home and then you'd go to school. And no one right. talked, there was no school psychiatrist to talk to you be like, well, how do you feel about this? And, you know, there was no, there was none of that. So, right. so I'm anxious, so I'm, I'm happy to hear and anxious to hear, like, what does that look like um, when yeah. kids come to school from si troubling situations? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, our goal is to make sure that um, that doesn't happen because, again, that's a form of isolation and um, and we know that's where violence thrives. So we try to make sure that things like that don't happen. And the way that we can do that um, is we run a program through the schools. Um, it's a preventative program. It's called Safe Dates. Um, mm-hmm. And it works with um, with teens and children um, to prevent both victimization and um, abusive behaviors. So, um, so it's, it's a double-sided uh, curriculum and we really love it because of that. Um, and we go in, we do about four or five classes a year, um, local to the New Haven schools, but also we do children's groups. So that's, um, more of a reactive group. So we have the preventative end and the reactive end. And so the reactive end is, um, we, we have this children's group where, kids can come and they learn the basics of safety planning. They learn how to build their own network of support. They learn self-esteem building um, and they learn like safe adults so that they have somebody to talk to and someone to um, kind of build a rapport with so that they're always talking about the things that are going on. Um, And so, yes. And so like our, our main focus with children is really getting them to a space where they're healthy and thriving um, and so whatever barriers we have to work on with that, we will. Mm. So tell me about your your staff and the team of people. I would imagine you would have to have mental health professionals. And I mean, t- tell me a little yeah. bit about how do, how do you how do you provide the services that you provide? Show yeah, you want to so- see that one? Yes, I can do that. So we have um, we have a growing staff. I think we have about 53 staff members on our on our team wow. right now. That's a yeah, lot. And- yeah, and we are spread across, like I said, twelve different programs. So our staff ranges. So we do have um, we do have mental health professionals, like you said, licensed clinical social workers. We've got LPCs. Um, you know, we have that clinical staff, and then we also have um, staff that are not clinical staff for our non-clinical programs. We have parent educators, we have, um, you know, case managers and all sorts of different staff. So we've got a lot of different, um, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different backgrounds on our staff with a lot of different experience. And it really, you know, our staff can all, you know, is often a good resource for each other too, with, with all the different, you know, we've got clinicians and case managers and, and all different, all different types of uh, staff. So um, we're fortunate in that way to have, you know, a big span, but we do have, um, you know, clinicians that are providing treatment and therapy in those clinical programs. Hmm. So tell me about the 12 programs that you run. Just run them, run them down if you can. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we have six clinical programs and we have six community-based programs. So um, our clinical programs, they work with, um, some of them are, we have an intimate partner violence program um, that's different from the one that Brittany was sharing with you about. Hers is a a non-clinical program. So they do a lot of, like Brittany was saying, court support, advocacy, things like that. But we do have a clinical domestic violence program that works with the um, the person who is receiving the abuse, the abuse and the person who is um, doing the abusive behaviors. So it works with, you know, I guess the term could be victims and perpetrators, works with both. Um, and 
We also have programs that work with um, parents who are struggling with substance misuse. We have um, programs for uh, parenting. We have um, a program kind of shifting over to the non-clinical side. We have programs that work with children with special health care needs from birth to age 21. Uh, we have programs that work with parents with uh, mental health challenges, psychiatric disabilities, uh, parenting programs. So we have just tons of programs. We have a teen outreach program, and that one is a little bit different because they actually go into the schools. They go into schools in Bridgeport and New Haven, and they teach um, teen pregnancy prevention and self-esteem and things like that. So that program is a little bit different from the rest because the others are home-based, um, but we've got lots of different programs. We're doing it all over here. Wow, that is a lot. So tell me about this walk, because it's, it's your 13th annual um, walk to end domestic violence. How, how did this come about? This is something that's like, like you said, it's our 13th year. So um, it started before Brittany or I was, was on board here at the agency. <laughs> so, so you inherited it. <laughs> we inherited it. Yes. Happy to do so though, because it's a great event. Uh, it's grown. It's grown from an awareness event to now our biggest fundraiser of the year, plus an awareness event. The really? awareness is still very important. Right. Yes. So this is our big event of the year. So we invite the community to come out. It's free to walk. We encourage and love to have people to fundraise for it. Um, but it's certainly not expected. We just want people to come out and show their support for the walk. So uh, we've certainly grown in the past years. Uh, we've outgrown our space that we initially had. So we've been at Wilbur Cross for the past few years because they have a much larger space to accommodate us. So we start out in Wilbur Cross and then uh, we walk. And when we return from the walk, we have lunch for everyone, Subway sandwiches, Ashley's ice cream. We have raffle prizes. We have kids activities, face painting, um, and we've got popcorn. Um, and then we, this year we'll be drawing our big ticket raffle at our, uh, walk as well. So I can speak a little bit about that. Um, but the focus of our walk this year is, I, I believe you said it earlier before we came on walk for change. So that's what we're focusing on this year. And we're going to be highlighting some really incredible change makers in the community. And we're going to be presenting them with our first ever change maker award to be present to present to them because we don't do this work alone. We work with community partners. You know, we we couldn't do this work without our community mm -hmm. partners, without without the people that are doing the work with us in the community. So we're really happy and honored to be recognizing some of those people at our walk this year. So that's going to be um, that's going to be at the walk as well. We're looking so forward to it. How long is this walk? Because you know, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> you should come. It's a lot of fun. It's a wait, short wait. walk. How long is the walk? <laughs> it's right about a. It's right about a mile. All right. So we walk through the East Rock area. It's all flat. We're not going to okay. have you going over any hills. I was like, if I sidewalk. find myself at the top of East Rock panting, I'm like. I'm gonna come. No, no, <laughs> no! I promise you won't be breaking a sweat. It's a, it's a nice walk. It's a nice walk with uh, just chatting with people that are there for the same mission to raise awareness about domestic violence and the epidemic that it is, and take a stand against it. We want our voices to be loud. We want our voices to be 
visible because like Brittany said, violence drives in silence and, and we don't want to, we don't want to be silent about it. We want to be taking a stand. So we're really looking forward to, to our 13th annual walk this year. It's, it's always a really good time and we've got some great prizes for our smaller raffles and then our big ticket raffle will be uh, drawing as well. So, um, and the great thing about that is the winner does not have to be present to win. So if anyone that's listening today or anyone wants to take a, a chance at winning two round trip tickets on Avello with a uh, $200 Airbnb gift card and a one-year AAA membership, that's our grand prize. So I might, I might have I don't to throw my head in there. Let me get my yeah. coins together. <laughs> yeah. Avello flies to Puerto Rico now. So I know. I see a trip to, to a tropical beach in someone's future. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so do you do other fundraising activities? This is not the only one. Is this the only one? I mean, this I know is, this is the big one, but do you have smaller ones that you do? We do. This is, yep, you're right. This is our biggest one. We do have smaller fundraisers throughout the year. Um, our next one that we have coming up is actually the first time we've ever done this, but it's going to be a bingo fundraiser. Oh, um, so this will be our first time. It's going to be in West Haven at the Elks Club on January 27th. So um, that's what we have coming on the horizon. So after we stop planning the DV walk, we're going to hit the ground running, going towards our bingo fundraiser after the holidays. Um, when we're in January, there's not a whole lot to do. People are looking for things to get out of the house and do. Um, so we'll be having that bingo fundraiser. And uh, at that fundraiser, we the prizes are designer handbags and hundred dollar gift cards to different stores. So wow. lots of really cool prizes and a fun night out. Um, we've done beer and cheese tastings before we've done those with black hog in partnership with black hog brewing and mystic cheese company. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've done that the past few years. Um, We'll often do clothing drives. That is a fundraiser for us. Um, and so the, the clothing is donated to us and then we are uh, able to use it for fundraising purposes. So we do smaller things uh, here and there, um, but that's that's kind of, you know, what we're looking towards in the next year. We're kind of focusing on the bingo fundraiser, the DV walk, then the bingo fundraiser, and then kind of seeing where 2024 takes us from there. Be time to plan the next DV walk by the time all that's said and done. Oh, I love it. Hey, Karen Rose. Unmute yourself. Hello, Ms. Bass. Hi, Jody. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Karen. How, how are you? Happy, happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy all the stuff. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I I just wanted to say, I I've been joining this um this agency since December, and they're such a great agency. I mean, mm -hmm. I I I keep getting surprised every day. I also want to make sure that before I go to my next visit, because I'm running, um. You know, we also have a food pantry and we take okay. constant donations um, where we're going to have um, a holiday um, donations coming in December. Um, you know, so we really want the community to come out, stand for with Family CT together. Um, like Brittany and Jody said, we do not do this alone. We are a, a New Haven is big. And we touch many lives in New Haven. And we need to continue this change moving forward. 
Um, and Babs, I want to thank you because you're always open to hear about these great new programs. <laughs> Ladies, I'm so proud of being part of this team. I have to run, but I wanted to make sure I said hi. Great job. And come out, New Haven. Come out the 21st. Full tickets. I'm in the lead of selling. So if you want to tickets, buy them with me. <laughs> Buy them from I, Karen. She could win a prize. I love that, Karen Drills. That's the right kind of energy. I love it. I love it. I love it. How much are the tickets? I'm sorry. What was that? How much are the tickets? So $15 a ticket. But if you buy four, you save some money for 50 So can I put uh -huh. you down for 50 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, girl, we'll talk offline. <laughs> Talk Thank you for coming on and visiting us, Karen. And Karen does amazing work here at Family CT. She's only been, I think you said only since December, but you are a force here. And we are so lucky to have Karen on our on our team. What is here, your role, so. Karen? What do you do there? Um, so I'm a home visitor, family support services with the Baby and Me program. So we work with um, prenatal women and we can follow the child to their five. Wow. Um, we actually use um, uh, parents as teachers curriculum. Um, we use circle of security curriculum. We use touch point curriculum. And we want to, um, again, um, prevent those traumas, make okay. those attachment between uh, children and their caregivers. Um, it's a wonderful program. Again, um, Family CT as an agency, we support all of these programs that we have. And again, I, I before I go, come out the 21st. If you need raffle tickets, reach out. I am so proud, again, to be part of this team. And Beth, thank you so much for always allowing us to share our programs. Absolutely. You call, Karen. I, I do what you say. <laughs> I come Bye, you everyone. Have a good Bye, day. Karen. Thanks for popping Bye, in. Of course. <laughs> oh, she she makes it fun. I'd work there because of her. <laughs> right? She is fun. Yeah. Life of the I party over she, here. <laughs> I was I hoping would, she'd make a cameo with us. I'm glad she hopped on. I'm glad she did too. So I had no idea. So you you guys really have uh, a lot of things going on. I didn't even know about the food pantry part. So who gets who gets to partake of the food pantry? Is that for your for your clients or just anybody who's in need? Yeah. So, um, our client it's for, it's for any client who's in need. Um, but really like it's, it's trying to address all those barriers. And unfortunately, especially now, like one of those is food insecurity. So, um, we, we really rely on our food pantry. Um, but our food pantry also has things like diapers, um, hygiene products. And so like we, we really, we really utilize that for a lot of our clients. It's very helpful. And you all are New Haven based or is it Greater New Haven or just New Haven? Our office is physically located in New Haven, but we serve the Greater New Haven area. So we'll go into the valley. We go up the shoreline. Um, so we really, uh, one of our programs even goes into Middletown. So we really touch a lot of a lot of areas in the Greater New Haven space. And do you all have interns and volunteers? Do you have volunteer opportunities? Um, so we do have interns. Um, our interns are, uh, shout out to my interns. They just started uh, about six weeks ago. Um, we have four of them and they're really excellent. Um, every year we try to take on like three or four interns. Um, we also have a clinical intern in the IPV FAIR program, which is the program that 
um, the clinical program that um, Jody was talking about a little bit earlier. So, um, and also for our walk, if you wanted to volunteer, like reach out to us, we're always open. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. Because I, and I we always, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and we always love to have volunteers who might want to run a food drive for us. So things like that. And that way we try to get creative with, because we don't have a lot of volunteer opportunities in our building. We love to have our community, our community, friends in the community do things like running food drives for us and volunteering in, in that way. And where are y'all located? Like what's your office? Do you have an office? Mm-hmm. We are on Nickel Street in New Haven. Oh, we are right there in the East Rock community. Yes, right near the food hall, which has been dangerous for our staff that are in the office because it is so close. <laughs> I'd, I'd be in the beer place. The, the, the After hours, we go there. <laughs> During the day, it's all about the food. <laughs> I haven't been over there in a, in a, in a while. So the, do they have enough offerings in there? Yes, they have anything you could want. Okay, okay. Because when I was in there, they only had like one or two things, but I, I knew it was going to grow a little bit. So that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, all right. So, so you service the Greater New Haven community. You've got 12 programs. Now, do you think about adding programs or do you think about taking away programs? Like, how do you decide uh, what kinds of things that you, your, your organization will work on? And who's the executive what? director? Our executive director is Jacqueline Farrell. Um, so she's been with Family CT for a, a very long time. Uh, I don't know the exact amount of time, but I know it's over 20. I believe it's over 20 years. She's been with us a long time. Uh, she's been our executive director since May, um, I believe. I hope I'm not misspeaking there. Um, but yes, so to your, um, to your question about programs, so certainly that's something that um, the executive director kind of looks at and, and thinks about what's a good fit with our mission. We're not going to just take on a program because there's an opportunity. You know, we want to make sure that it's a really good fit. We did just recently add two programs to our agency within the last year. Um, so we are growing. Um, those two new programs that we added are the Outpatient Urban Trauma Center, mm -hmm. which is um, which is just kind of getting off the ground now. And so we will be um, an urban trauma center in New Haven that works with uh, kids that have experienced racial or urban trauma. So we have a clinician um, that is in that program. That's one of our newest programs. And then we also have a program called um, Connecticut Integrated Care for Kids, Connecticut Inc. for short. And that is a care coordination program. We already have a stat, we have an established care coordination program we've had for many years. But this is an additional care coordination program that um, we've had the opportunity to take on to be able to help us serve more children with um with um you know psych with disabilities. Um in the greater New Haven area. So um, those are our two newest programs. Certainly we don't plan to get rid of programs. Um, we, you know, all the programs that we have are really crucial and needed. Um, so it's, you know, one of the reasons why we do things like fundraisers are to be able to keep all of our programs. So we receive state and federal funding, uh, but some of our programs are underfunded. So we rely on things like fundraising, private donations, grants, things like that to be able to supplement and be able to keep all of our programs really running and be able to offer all the services that we do offer. So mm. yeah, we're, we're hoping to continue to, to stay and, and grow as we, as we 
get bigger. And um, as long as it aligns with with our mission, that's something that we always want to keep at the forefront of what we do. So, so Jody and Brittany, um, you've seen a lot of families and a lot of kids. Um, do you have have opportunity to see people on on the other side when they've you know gotten all the support that they need and they're in a better standing in their life and in their community and all the things you know that they they are they are uh, 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 enjoying everything that uh, that you want them to enjoy. Do you have opportunity to see some of those folks come back around and talk to you about where they are in their lives? Yeah, I I always tell my clients that I love to hear from them for good things too. Um, So I love to hear their accomplishments. I love to hear graduations, anniversaries, um, births of babies. Like I I love to hear those things. Um, And we do often get those type of updates. Um, And honestly, we get a lot of people who come back to the agency to give back. Um, yeah. So they give back like services or they, um, donate and that's really special too, because they know that these families are going through a lot because they've been through it themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so the holidays are coming. Do you do anything special for your families and the children? I mean, I, I, if you're a, a family serving organization, I mean, you just can't get past the holidays, right? So you, so what, what role do you play in? I don't know getting, get, keep helping families get through these times. I don't know, toy drives, yeah. household needs drive. I don't know. So we have a program called adopt a family, um, that I'm I know sure this program. Yes. So, um, this program, um, allows, um, donors to come in and be provided with, um, a family and their list. And then the donor would be able to go out and shop for that family and wrap everything. And so the family gets a full, you know, Santa bag of gifts. And um, it's it's always so incredible. The donors always give way more than we've ever expected. And the families are always so grateful. If you do want to sign up to be a donor for that program, you can reach out to uh, Jody or myself. Um, and we can connect you with Irene, who's the contact person for that program. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. I think that's a, such a special and unique. And I, I would imagine people find y'all to sort of do that, particularly around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's so wonderful to the holidays are so hard for so many people. And so to be able to see a lightness that's brought to a family that's brought to their children where they might otherwise not have had anything to celebrate or anything to, you know, bring that lightness to them. It's it's really wonderful to see, and uh, we're we're really grateful for our donors that make it so that we can do that because we wouldn't be able to do that without our donors. I love it. I love it. All right, so so the big event is the walk on October twenty first, um, from ten to twelve. Yes. And now, do you have to sign up? Do you have to pre-register or register or anything like that? We would love it if you did, but you certainly don't have to. Okay, but so you we... can just show up with some sneakers on or whatever you're gonna walk in. You can. Yes, you can show up. We, um, we're happy to have the, you know, we want the community to come and show up and walk with us and show our support and, and have some, some good, a good meal with us afterwards. Subway, Ashley's popcorn. I mean, if I haven't sold you <laughs> Who by doesn't now. Want that? That's, <laughs> I know. A, that's a good time. <laughs> now does Subway donate their, their, the food? Do people they donate have this a, food? 
They have in previous years. This year, they uh, unfortunately did not. But Ashley's has been very generous with us in past years. And they, they're very generous and they donate the ice cream to us. So it really, like I said, we, it takes a lot of a lot takes a village to pull off this event. Um, and so we're really grateful for our community supporters, the people who come out and walk. I mean, there would be no walk if we didn't have people coming to walk with us. So mm -hmm. um, it takes really just the whole community comes together to make this a successful event for us and to take a stand against domestic violence. And you do it every year. This is we do. 13, and you do it around the same time. Is it always the same time? Yep. It's, it's, uh, usually in October for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, now that we're at Wilbur Cross, we have to work around the SAT schedule. So <laughs> um, last year they we were in uh, September, so we were kicking off Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But we do it in October every year to uh, you know to recognize Domestic Violence Awareness Month and celebrate. Oh, I love it. Well, I I'm so grateful that you guys could come on this morning and talk about this. I I appreciate it. I appreciate Karen Jones bringing it. Uh, and I and I I I'm gonna do my best to uh, uh see if I can make it that day. And uh, if I can't, though, I will definitely make a donation of some sort uh, because oh, this kind of work you. is uh, near and dear to my heart. And uh, and I'm glad to see that uh, there's an organization committed to uh, helping eradicate and erase and bring awareness to domestic violence. So thank you, Brittany and Jody. Thank you very much for having us on. Thank you. And we hope to see you at the walk or we hope to, you know, chat with you again in the future. We're really grateful that you invited us on to be a part of this today. Yes. And make sure you stay in contact. So if you ever want to come back on and talk about anything else that you got going on in your organization, another fundraiser and programming stuff, you need volunteer, whatever, come back on and talk to me. We'll take you up on that. Yes, please. I want you to. Great. So enjoy yourselves. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, and uh, good luck on October 21st at uh, 10 o'clock over at uh, Wilbur Cross High School. Thank you very much. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. All right. And it's a wrap, good people. So uh, the weather is still nice outside. So get outside and go enjoy the day. And uh, I will see you all soon. Y'all take care. Feel free to log off. <laughs> y'all are good. <laughs> all right. I'm on my way out. I'm going to go do uh, um, some work for New Haven Independent in a minute. We've got the uh, the uh, independent reviewers in town, you know, from uh, all walks. And so I'm going to go have a conversation with them uh, about uh, uh, being a, a, a critic of sorts, of art, critic of art, art, food, all the things. So I'm looking forward to that conversation at about uh, 1230 or so. So I will be back tomorrow. Let me tell you before I go, let me tell you who my guest is tomorrow. I've been talking all week, Harry. This has been guest all week. Oh, I, oh yeah. So tomorrow I have um the other Malik Jones. Uh, this was the this was the brother who did 31 years for a crime he did not commit. I don't even child. <laughs> so he's my guest. And uh, some of the folks that work that work with him and on his behalf, uh, they'll be the guests tomorrow morning. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that conversation. And then I think Friday, I don't think I have a guest on Friday, but let me check because you know, I can't ever be. Friday the 13th. Oh, Karima. Karima, Amplify the Arts in Hamden. Uh, this is their second year. Uh, and they've got an amazing lineup. And they're going to be at the Eli Whitney Barn uh, for Amplify the Arts this year. So she'll be on on Friday. So i got two more days of talking to people. So uh, stay tuned. I will see y'all tomorrow. Thanks, Harry Droz. Thank you, Karen Droz.
I'll be back. Harry, you didn't post up the flyer. We had a whole flyer. <laughs> there you go. 